Welcome to another episode of the Strategy Streamcast. My name is Lex Wilridge, and I'm here with my co-host, as usual, Dustin Thomas. Dustin, what's up, buddy? Dustin, the systems and process guy, is what you meant to say. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a special episode, and not just because we have a guest on with us, but usually with our episodes, they're highly scripted and to the T and while we're recording, Dustin is like striking through and he's messaging me on the side to like say things <laughs> and we're going no script this episode. So I think I might just like lightly edit this episode <laughs> too to make it even more fun. Yeah, I, th- I think highly scripted might be a stretch, but we do have, it's almost like chapters in a book, you know, it's like we're going to hit this topic, this topic yeah. and so forth, you know, to make sure. But yeah, yeah. Well, I do want to introduce Ryan. So Ryan Sawchuck, who I, man, I think we came across, it could almost have been a year ago. It might be nine months or so that we actually touched base or or did an intro the first time. When we were flipping down in San Antonio, I had a a friend of mine referred me to Ryan to meet up and they have a very cool, innovative business plan that we're going to talk about. I reconnected with Ryan recently and not everyone is easy to talk to. You know, we, we killed some some time on Zoom and I was like, wow, yeah, we got to get this guy on the podcast to talk more about their business model and let the world know about it. Because I think it was something that really would have helped us out at one point as we were trying to scale and, and think about what our next move looked like. Ryan, w- would you mind introducing yourself? I- excited to learn more about you and what you're up to these days. Yeah, Dustin and Lex, thank you very much for having me, guys. But yeah, I, I do think it is close to a year. And Charlie's the one who introduced us to one yeah. another, so I'm glad glad he made that intro. But my name is Ryan Sawchuk, as he said, and uh, I'm the founder of Reup. And uh, what we do is we essentially partner with home sellers who are looking to sell their home. We give them all the capital that they need to uh, renovate their home before they sell it. We agree and as is price. Hey, you could sell your house today for half a million. We'll give you a hundred thousand, and let's go sell your house for seven fifty. And then we take half the upside that we create. So. Out of that 150 that we create, we take half and the homeowner walks away with more money from their sale. All right. And that's not the whole episode. <laughs> that is what re-up is. That, that's not the whole episode. Ryan, we were catching up the other day. You were telling me a little more about it and y'all recently did a, a patent also, right? Like, it, does that help explain more of what y'all are really doing? Yeah. So uh, we were actually down at a conference in Dallas and uh, we, we franchised the business so we're not trying to be national and trying to gobble up the entire pie ourselves, but we were said, hey, like this is real estate. It's local. We've got to deliver this through local franchise owners. But we had a bunch of potential franchise owners approaching us, talking to us and saying, hey, I'm great with design. I'm great with design. I love design. I'd be the best designer you have. And my, my co-founder and my other partners, uh, we, we kind of looked at each other one night over drinks at this conference. and We were like, why does it really matter? what their design element is like it's it's not their house and then we actually had a real estate agent call us at the conference and she was really pissed off that we painted a garage door white and she's like why would you paint the garage door white and we said we just just painted it white i didn't think that was going to be a problem so we actually came up with an idea at the conference we said we're going to stop finishing out the houses and this is what our patent is on now so we, we filed our full patent on this but we stopped construction basically at 80%. So we fixed the entire structural issues of the house. We fixed foundation, plumbing, HVAC, all that fun stuff. But we don't install floors. We don't paint the walls. We don't install the countertops. We don't paint the boxes. We don't put hardware on. We don't put any appliances in. 
we list the home as is in that condition. And then we let the buyers actually choose everything from their finish outs. And what this does is it actually shortens the timeline for construction for the homeowner. So we're getting to market sooner. And then we're co-finishing out while they're doing the close of escrow. So it actually helps us as well. So we actually saw when we first launched this, like higher offers. We also saw shorter timelines on our flips and everything. And, and now we've actually released a new VR model where you can actually go into our houses in VR, change everything from the finish out materials that we, we list that you can pick out from and really see what everything will be visualized as uh, once the house is completely done. And it's, it's been a revolutionary model. Uh, I, I won't share what our ROIs are on that, but it's, it, you would laugh me out of a room because you'd think I'd be lying to you. It's such an interesting model too. I mean, I don't have a ton of experience other than this year of learning, but when we first, you know, we've, we've had numerous conversations in the past and I learned about it and it just, it seems like, why isn't, you know, why aren't more people doing this? This seems like such a game changer and Dustin can probably attest. I was so excited to work with you guys. And so it's something I'm, I'm really excited to even learn more about hearing that, that story just now blows me away. Well, you know, we, we listed that one home I was telling you about the garage door that we painted white and the agent blew us up. She's like yelling at us for about 30 minutes because we painted this garage door white. And um, guess what? We, we listed the home in the 80% condition. The one thing the home buyer chose not to change, guess what that was? <laughs> uh, wow. They, they decided not to change the garage door. They're like, we like the white yeah. garage door. So. Yeah. I, and so we... On our first flip, we found out, I think we paid a designer, you know, a few thousand dollars and we got a few sketches and I just remember being like overwhelmingly disappointed with what we got. <laughs> and I just could yeah. not believe like, okay, there went, there went $2,500 for some sketches that says paint this chimney red. And you could have given me $2,500 and yeah. I would have did it for you. I, and, and so <laughs> the, the last few and, and like including the one we just listed this week, those have been Pinterest compiled, like put everyone yeah. on our weekly meetings, get in. We're like, oh, do this color, this color, and this color. And like, we, we had no – we didn't hire a designer on there. I, I fully support designers and uh, think that <laughs> yeah. they do serve value, right? But like I remember just being burned <laughs> on our first one and being on like – this week's episode, On this week's episode, you learned that Dustin – is not a fan of designers. So if you're a listener of the show and you're a designer, I'm going to apologize on his behalf. His yeah. behalf. Give us a like and follow though. Yeah. 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 Right. Review, right. Even if you're, a what does he know? Yeah. What does he know? Uh, but Ryan, you mentioned like you painted the garage door white, which makes perfect sense. We just painted one black, but it, you want it to appeal to everyone. And this is something that I felt like, or you want it to appeal to the majority is like what I always thought. Yep. And because we were, um, and I want to, I want to peel this back too with, with what y'all are doing, because we targeted more so like your first time home buyers, right? We took yep. like your $150,000 house, made it like a three upper threes, $400,000 house was our goal. And that that's a specific demographic that we were targeting and our, our goal was to appeal to the masses. And the story that comes up in my head was when I saw the color of our San Antonio house, I don't even want to share it with you, Ryan, but uh, I was like, you know, do your neutral colors, your lighter ones, or like a, a light blue, maybe. <laughs> Dude, this house came back and it was like the most bright blue. It looked like a crayon, the, right? It was a highlighter. The, it's, 
It's still the bluest house in that neighborhood to this <laughs> to this day. In that city, man. Yeah, in that but, city. I mean, I mean, how much time did you guys spend on like actually like talking about the colors, arguing back and forth? Uh, and it also just wears on you as you do more yeah. and more of these, and you're like, I have to choose colors again. I have to choose hardware again. It, it's it's yeah. mind gnawing. And our guy who oversaw that house, I think it was just funny because like they got it, and then. This guy was awesome. His name's Andrew, who was overseeing it for us. The way he described it, he's like he saw the paint go on, and he goes, "Oh, well, that's that's bright." <laughs> and he was like, "Well, we'll see what Dustin thinks about that." Because <laughs> well, it wasn't it's, it's, what I don't think it was what he had in mind either. But I say all that to say that you know, in in the first time home buyer scene, we want it to appeal to the majority. But I, yeah. I think y'all are a level above that and y'all can make your properties a little more unique. So turns out white white garage doors are acceptable. You want to talk like what are y'all's price points or areas that y'all are really targeting? Yeah, so so we really focus in on kind of half million dollar properties and above. And that's where we really see the, the juice for our model and for our franchise owners and then also our homeowners. Um, and you got to think about it like we are taking half the upside from homeowners and, and, and there's other solutions for homeowners and kind of that lower price point. But if, if you're talking about a $200,000 home and then somebody negotiates in concessions, $15,000, I mean, that can really wipe out like a, a, a good split for a homeowner. So it, our model doesn't really work kind of around 400 to 500,000 and below. Um, so we're really focused on the, the half million dollar property and above. And that's where we're really carving out our niche and, and really focused on providing access to capital and access to contractors for those homeowners. Man, and they get, I think you said this the other day to me and not this episode, but it's like they get a first, they get a new home, but in the time frame of like 30 to 60 days, instead of waiting a year, kind yeah, of, so, they get to so customize it. Yeah. So essentially like we're not installing those LVP floors or anything. We're not painting, we're not putting any countertops in. And while you're going and doing the close of escrow, we're also going in the background and finishing out the home. And again, I mean, it's it's you not having to wait 18 months. Actually, right now, I think a lot of new construction people are waiting 24 months for their home. Um, you literally see a, a beautifully restored house. You know it's all fixed up. We turn over all the inspection reports from all our, our flips. And then you're like, these are the things that I want. If, if you honestly wanted us to paint the entire inside of the house lime green, like, who are we to argue? It's your house. Um, so we'll, we'll do that and finish it out for you while you're closing your financing. Yeah. And then in an era where everyone is scrounging for a house and people are settling on any house they can find, what a relief to, to find a house in an area that you like, or that could be something you potentially want and then be able to build it yourself. I mean, it, it's, mm -hmm. it, it's awesome. And I mean, like you said, I mean, we started out the same where we were really trying to focus in and be like, how can we appeal and how can we have the color palette to be 70% mm -hmm. of people? And what that does is that makes us all look the exact same way, like with the light colors, the light grays, things like that. And everybody's kind of like, man, that all these houses look the same. Just that instant moment of us being like, why are we even being the ones who choose this stuff? This should really come from the from the buyer. I mean, we're not telling them what clothes to wear that morning. Why are we telling them what <laughs> to live with for the next 20 years? Like, go for it. Let us know. So, Brian, tell us more about your personal background. What's your relationship with real estate before sort of starting this re-up? Yeah, so 
I've always classified myself as a salesperson. In mm-hmm. fact, I remember my wife actually at my wedding. Um, she she asked my father. She's like, "Did you always think Ryan was going to go into sales?" And my my father, without missing a beat, he goes, "Yeah." But my my uh, my background is really I I thought I was going to go into finance, and I thought I wanted to be an investment banker. And uh, lo mm-hmm. and behold, I got an internship, and I hated it, hated it. And I'm glad I took that internship. And I'm glad I was also like really like just open to myself and be like, this is, this is not fun because like what it showed me was I need to go the tech route. So I actually went into tech sales. So I, I nice. specialized in tech sales. I, I ran several sales development teams, which is basically the teams that generate the top of funnel leads. So like cold calls, like marketing follow-up, like the hard grind work of, of sales. I mean, I actually led the, the sales development team for CrowdStrike, which by the time we went public, we were the fastest growing company to a billion dollars in revenue. I mean, I, I really wanted to focus and continue to learn my sales skills because I've always loved real estate. And actually, before I went into the tech sales space, I, I had my own first foray into real estate. And, and this was in 2013. I, was, I, I owned a company that basically did cinematography for real estate agents, but we didn't do your typical video where it was like, Hey, welcome to this house, three bedroom, two and a half bath. Let me show you the kitchen. We hired like models. We had beautiful cars in these properties, but we made lifestyle films and we really wanted to have like these agents show these homeowners, like this is the lifestyle you could have if you purchase this home. And, and that was- <laughs> Look at Lex's face. He's like, like, I'm like, hell yeah. I'm going to buy awesome. one of those houses. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, also, like, I'm sold. I don't even need to see the video, man. Sign me up. <laughs> also, as a 23-year-old, it was like, cool, I get to hang out with and hire models to be part of these videos. Nothing yeah. creepy on my side that I, I did, but, uh, you know, you get yeah. to hang around pretty yeah. women. So. Yeah. yeah. But that, that business, what I learned from that one was it just didn't make enough margin to really support, like, us on a long-term like business. And, and that's when I really realized like, I need to learn how to like do this enterprise sales motion, which is when I went into to tech sales. And then I've always loved real estate. So um, when the pandemic hit, I was actually head of sales for a Sequoia back company. And, and I actually rage quit my job. My, my old founder, he, he told me to basically sell a product that didn't work. Um, and I was mm. like, I'm, and I was like, what am I doing next? And my wife was like, Take time, <laughs> figure it out. And yeah. uh, two and a half months later, I had this idea of re-up. I actually had a friend who had her mom pass away and uh, Heather, Heather didn't have enough money to, to flip her mom's house. She actually ended up just giving it up to Wells Fargo. And I was like, that's not fair. That's not like, what's right. Like Wells Fargo has enough money. Like look at what everybody's happening and, and mm-hmm. the pandemic is losing their jobs. How do I solve this? And, and that's the, how we came up with re-up, like fronting the capital and coordinating with contractors for a, for a home seller. Yeah. I read that blog post on, on Yarl's. I read the blog post on y'all's website, man, and it really, man, it, it was a great post talking about, you know, her not being able to sell. And it just, it really kind of hit me in the, you pulled on my heartstrings. <laughs> it was a good post. I, I mean, there's, there's 70% of Americans who don't have more than a thousand bucks to their name. Yeah. And like Heather had the, it, it, honestly, to flip Heather's mom's house, it probably would have been sixty to $70,000 if, if she had that capital or if she knew how to tap that capital. That could have yeah. been her kids' like college funds. That could have been her retirement. Yeah, Heather's still a single mom, like struggling with her two nine to fives, and, and like that's that's not what we need in America. We need we need opportunity for people. Yeah, I can relate to that so much because not that you know not relate to that by any means. But when I first joined on to Strategy Stream, it was I was real reluctant, and I had imposter syndrome and all these things just because 
I didn't have the capital set up to, I was hanging out with people that were investing money and I didn't have the reserve capital to invest. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to try to bust my ass and, and do whatever I can to make it happen. But I can definitely relate to that part of it. I love that you bring up imposter syndrome because like, that's something I think a lot of our generation like suffers from. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite quotes from one of my, my gentlemen I admire in the business world, his name's Chip Connolly, but he, he founded a company called Joy de Vier. And what they did was they bought up like really, really rundown motels and they converted them to these really swanky just places that you want to hang out at. I, I think he sold it to Hyatt. Um, and he now works for Airbnb as like head of experience. He's, he's done really well for himself. But he, he says basically nice. in, in his book called Emotional Equations, never compare your insides to somebody else's outsides. Like on Facebook, like we've all got that one friend who just posts everything all the time that just it's like no filter. But like the rest of us, we're posting like the top 10 percent, like the creme of the creme. Um, yeah. And we know 100% of ourselves. And if we're judging ourselves that we know 100% with just that 10% layer of everybody else, it, it prevents a lot of people from actually just stepping out and sticking their neck out to, to achieve their dreams. Yeah. I agree. Lex joined our team and quickly realized we had no idea what the hell we were doing, <laughs> which is great. I and mean, then now we're you know, we're getting to talk to people like you on the regular now with the podcast, which is yeah. So it's well, I, cool. I, I joke all the time. I, I'm pretty sure if I ever write an autobiography, my autobiography title is going to be called We'll Figure It Out. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, as I become older and older, I just think more and more like adults have no clue what they're, they're thinking. They're just on the fly, just troubleshooting. And I mean, that's that's life. It's one day at a time. So 100 percent. So how. I would like to see you mentioned you're located in Austin are most of your deals out of there. And then I want to talk about how do you sourcing your deals? Is it via realtor? Yeah. So I'm, I'm based out of Austin. Our deals are now all around. So we, we sold and onboarded our first five franchise classes two months ago. Um, so our, our franchises are now starting to hum and, and bring in their own deals. But I, I came from the, the cybersecurity world where we sold 100% through the channel. And, and what that is, is that's, that's teams who basically have these devoted relationships to say, like, if you want to buy mouse pads from me, I can sell you mouse pads. I can sell you all the way to cybersecurity or billing software. And most CIOs actually sell or buy through the channel. And, and I said, you know what, I, I want to emulate my business as much as I possibly can with technology sales. And there's a lot of efficiencies that have, have come out from the SaaS sales model. And uh, I, I said, I'm going to get really, really close to real estate agents. So we're 100% distributed through real estate agents. You can't actually hire us if you just call us by yourself. Um, a good real estate agent will actually add value to your transaction as well, which is, which is awesome to see. So we partner 100% through real estate agents. We really position ourselves as a win-win situation. Hey, your client's walking away with more money. You've got a new tool in the tool belt to, to really differentiate yourself from other real estate agents. By the way, you're also selling a more expensive home, so you're making more money on the transaction. Literally, it's, it's the only thing I actually know where at the end of the day, if we did our job right, everybody makes more money. The homeowner makes more money, re-up makes money, and the agent makes money. I mean, that that's the best sale in the world where you're like, it's a win-win across the board. And yeah. you might have said this a second ago. What is the cut that y'all give the realtor? I wanted to say when we talked, it was it was actually, they're, they're far better off working mm -hmm. with you guys. Yeah, so so we've got agents who are usually double and, and tripling their their 
standard rate if they were to just sell the home as is. So we hire the agent as a consultant through the process. And I said at the beginning, real estate agents are are really, really valuable when you get a really good one. And they know that neighborhood. They know the nuances of that house. So we, we hire them actually to understand the nuances of all the economics of that area, what's going to really drive that ARV for that homeowner and that home seller. And, and we give them 10% of our cut. So they're not only selling a more expensive home and taking their 3%, but they're also getting 10% from a consulting fee from us as well for that transaction. And the really, really smart agents that we're seeing are actually using us to bring in out-of-state buyers who are, are finding home sellers who don't want to actually just go through the standard re-up process. That out-of-state buyer is then taking down the house with their real estate agent. So the agent's making money off the front end of the cut. And then we're renovating it. They're selling a more expensive home three months, three or four months later. So they're making another 3% off of that cut plus the 10% consulting commission that we we paid our agents. And we were seeing agents basically triple their their standard rate than if they just sold the home as is, which is really, really cool. Again, win-win situations, which is my purpose in life. Yeah, let's yeah. hear that. I do. I do. Yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> Are you guys trying to grow even bigger than that? I know you guys... I know you said you have a niche sort of market. You're in this area. You spread to five other, is it five other locations or five other franchises? So f- five other lo- locations and franchises. So our franchises are a million single family home markets that we sell into. So we're all the way to Las Vegas and then all the way nice. to Florida and, and Texas is our home base. So we've got three of our franchises here in Texas. Yeah. But we, we do want to expand nationally. And my mission is to really make sure that anybody in a Heather type situation never has that happen again. I don't care who you are. Wells Fargo doesn't need more money. Heather needs more money. Wells Fargo does not sponsor this podcast. So (laughs) (laughs) this this is a safe place. Man. Well, speaking of of banks, right? How do you, how do you fund this deal? Because y'all put up all of the money for the construction. Am I right? Yeah. So, we wanted to be 100% aligned to the homeowner. So we actually also don't charge the homeowner interest on our, our amounts. And, and there's some very, very nuanced laws around that with the IRS. If you just give somebody money, there, there's a lot of complexity to make sure that you can legally give somebody money um, without causing them tax consequences. So that was, that was fun to do. That was a fun dance to do with our attorneys. But we, we financed it actually at the beginning off of my co-founder and I, our, our own coin. My, my co-founder, he has a successful wedding photography business that he grew up. And my wife and I have been super fortunate that we actually went through three tech IPOs. One was a smashing success. Two others were, were decently, uh, decently mediocre, I would say. And we used that to fund the business. And we really ate our own dog food for the first year. And then once we really saw our success, and our success comes from the fact that we actually are not purchasing the home. So we're, we're leveraging that existing mortgage, which gives us outsized returns, which allows us to give half of the upside to the homeowner and creating that winning situation. But after we, we really showed a track record of about 10 deals, we, we essentially went to Wall Street and we, we packaged it up as a debt offering for our, our debt investors. And it's basically a couple of GPLP funds that, that fund us on the back end. Are there some tax incentives there to do that, to like never owning the home? Um, there's, there's definitely a lot of benefits from not owning the home. So like the, for, for re-up, 
like you have to think like if if you're a flipper and you're having to buy a, a half million dollar house and then pump in a hundred thousand dollars your equation is like your denominator for your return is six hundred thousand dollars and then whatever you squeak out of that my denominator is the hundred thousand because i don't buy the house so i'm already way lower than any flipper on a, on a return perspective and then i'm giving away half the upside but i also didn't use five sixths of the same capital stack that a standard flipper uses i, I only use one sixth of it so my rois are outsized like our, our standard roi on our deals is something like 60 66 or 67 percent because we're using such little capital we're, we're only fronting that reno cost which really helps us juice our returns which again lets us give half that upside to that homeowner creating that winning situation. Hmm. Very cool. It is very cool, man. It's very, very interest, interesting concept. I, I mean, I still want to learn. We've talked about it. You know, I still want to learn so much and I feel like it's, it needs to be out there for more people to hear about where can people go to learn more about you and your team? Yeah. So you can listen to podcasts like this and appreciate you guys. Uh, having me on but uh, reup living actually is our website so reupliving.com and, and we've got a lot of stuff that's coming out on that site uh, we've got a new site actually launching about in two weeks so excited about that where we'll have our franchise portal uh, we're actually coming out with a really really cool offering in the commercial space and then we all also have a lux offering coming out in the next couple months so uh, catch us there and you can always reach out to us as well via email as well it's it's essentially all our first names at reupliving.com so mine's uh, ryan at reupliving.com yeah I anything we can do to promote please please let us know and hopefully this helps yeah. like, so we'll, we'll share those in the in the notes and whatnot but and t to recap i want to say like if we were in the case where we were flipping a few homes y'all fully fund the construction so like someone who's looking to sell their home can could also approach you but you work with the realtors mm -hmm. um Y'all fund the construction and then you split the sale. You agree upon a sale price and then everything above that is what you would be split between you, the homeowners and the realtor. Yep, exactly. So, and the cool thing is, is because our position is like, Hey, we're going to make you more money on, on the sale of your home. A lot of homeowners actually walk us in like with open arms and, yeah. and give us the right of refusal on the deal. So we, we essentially say, Whatever a flipper is going to offer you today, um, we'll give you as the guaranteed as is value. It's not meaning that we're going to give you that cash today. In three months when we sell the house, you're going to get that. So, hey, you could sell your home to a flipper for half a million dollars, or you could agree with Reup that your home is worth half a million dollars today. We're not going to touch any percentage of that. That is 100% yours. We're going to give you the $100,000 to renovate your house to make sure that it's worth seven hundred and fifty, And then we're going to get our $100,000 back. Again, by the way, we don't charge interest on on our capital. Go, good luck going and finding anybody else who doesn't charge any interest on their capital for yeah. fronting. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and then that's, that's crazy. One, yeah, yeah. And then that one fifty that we created, so the five hundred goes to the homeowner, the hundred comes to us. That one fifty, if we're selling at seven fifty, is what we split fifty fifty. So it keeps our incentive really, really aligned with the homeowner. And we, we've found time and time again, like homeowners have like contractors come out to them and they're like, I want to flip my, I want to renovate my home before I sell it. But the contractors are just all like they're sharks. They don't have their own incentive. They don't have an incentive to keep the cost spend low and target that yeah. maximum ARV. They're like, whatever I can sell you, I'm going to make 30% on. 
and, and that's their business. I mean, that's 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 yeah. perfectly fine by them. But we wanted to have our incentive to be aligned with the homeowner. Been there. All <laughs> yeah, been there. Absolutely been there. We usually wrap this thing up asking a certain question. What is one thing that someone listening to this show might be able to help you with? That's a good question. Honestly, I, I think our biggest thing that we are, are focused on right now is continuing to expand. So if you're in franchise sales, if you're interested in, in bringing us to your market, we really, really do believe that real estate is local. Um, we have two competitors. Both the competitors basically chose like a we're going to have a project manager type role. And, and we don't think that that's right. We want our, our owners to have like the lion's share of the win in that local market. And we want to deliver exceptional experiences for our customers as well. And that's got to be from the local side. So we, we need really, really a lot of help and continuing to expand and push our, our, our offer to more people. Because again, we, we started this business to make sure that like that Heather story never happens again to anybody in that type of situation. So Help on the franchise and expanding nationally is always much appreciated from our side. And, and to clarify that, so someone could they would purchase the franchise from Reup, and then I don't think we even hit on this, but that, that's what really had me interested too was there's the split. So you split the profit between the owner of the house and Reup, but then Reup splits that between them and the franchisee Correct. as well. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So we're, we're, again, we ate our own dog food our first year. Like I was the one doing the project management I with my business partner. We were the ones going out, coordinating contractors and everything. So we've done this process. We, we've done a lot of technology side of it. So we've implemented all that technology on the back end. Our, our underwriting process is, is pretty intense from a, a deal underwriting perspective. Um, but yeah, we, we split with our franchise owner. So there's the 50-50 split, the homeowner to re-up. Uh, but then the lion's share goes to the the local franchise owner who's actually coordinating everything on the on the ground. We're supporting on the back end office from the underwriting, from the capital perspective, from from doing all the VR technology that we do as well. But uh, the, the franchise is taking actually seventy percent of our our upside that we take, and then corporate takes thirty, which is yeah. a, a pretty standard split in the franchise world. Yeah, that's crazy. I think. That's one of the things I was just like, oh, yeah, we need to do this no matter what. It's someone that it was really green as investing and investing in the people that I work with. Most of my business partners have more experience. And I was like, Joe, we need to do this. You guys have the experience. I'll do the work. We can make this happen. <laughs> and so it's so appealing in, in multiple different ways. It's appealing. And it's truly an interesting and revolutionary thing you guys are doing, man. No, I, I appreciate that. And it, it all comes almost down to my wife, too, where she was like, I don't want you using $700,000 of our cash <laughs> in the house. Figure yeah. out how to like, uh, diversify that. And I was like, okay, challenge accepted. And then, uh, unfortunately, yeah. out of out of the Heather tragedy came, came a good idea. I think it's mostly our wives. I think my yeah. wife originally was like, oh, you're going to work with Dustin? you guys you guys are idiots i don't know i don't know if, yeah. i don't know if you guys should be business partners and then i kind of had to like oh you know explain to her we're doing this and, and so she she's she's come on board recently but at first when i was like i'm going into business with dustin you know dustin you've heard all the stories and she's like yeah uh you yeah, might you might have work. to get your own apartment yeah, yeah you might have to yeah. get your own apartment <laughs> It, this is a good time. I stopped telling my wife what our debt to income ratio was like 10 months ago. So yeah. she has no idea, but until she listens. Yeah. 
She does listen to the show, though. <laughs> so. Yeah, she's our biggest critic. <laughs> but behind every great man is a woman rolling her eyes. So. I agree with that, hundred yeah. percent. Yep, yep, yep. Well, Ryan, thanks a lot for coming on, brother. This is great, and yeah, had a good time. Dustin, I agree. Really appreciate the time as well. So thanks for having me. Yeah, I was skeptical when Dustin said said it was going to be easy, and I didn't think Dustin would be able to handle it, but he was right. You're easy to talk to. This was this was fun, man. It's just a conversation at the end of the day. We all got to keep that in mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Feel free to come on anytime. Dustin, you got anything for the people? Well, I, I think you and you and Ryan need to link up after this, talk next step sometime. Y'all need to go have some drinks yeah. together since yeah, you're in the same area. But no, nothing new for the people. We need to, to recap Emily Place in Atlanta soon, upcoming episode. We just listed that one last week and we're chugging along, man. We've got those multifamily deals under contract so yeah more to follow on those as well congratulations yeah. on that as well that's awesome yeah thanks we'll see now's the now <laughs> yeah, we'll, see. We, we we'll break, see is the huge we break ground that needs, ground to, be our, that needs to, I'm gonna be that needs to be our that needs to be our motto we'll see we'll see strategy stream squared we'll see like and, i said audiobook or on my on the the bio we'll figure it out yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly if you're listening to the show, you have any questions, any insight, anything you want us to talk about, let us know. You can DM us. You can email us. All the information will be in the show notes. I'm going to plug a lot of re-ups information in, specifically the story about Heather. It's one thing that I checked out before uh, having Ryan on, and it really, I mean, I was smitten and I was excited to talk to him. So check that out, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. <music>